Hello to our listeners. Welcome to the Women Governance Trailblazers podcast, where we listen to the journeys of trailblazing women in the corporate governance field, their passion, struggles, and commitment to improving how companies and boards function. My name is Courtney Camlet, and my amazing co-host is Liz Dunchy. Hi, everyone. Liz and I are both super passionate about governance, and we want to spotlight some of the amazing women who share that passion. We're connecting with guests from different paths and industries to hear their perspectives on what surprised them in their career and where they think the field of corporate governance is going. For this episode, we're talking with Abby Adlerman, CEO and founder of Boardspan. We are very excited to be talking with you today, Abby. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, Abby, we are delighted to have you. And you have had such an amazing career in a lot of different industries. So you started in investment banking. Then you went on to co-found an innovative e-commerce fine art business. Then you moved on to various managing director roles at Russell Reynolds. And that was all before you founded Boardspan, which I think has been around about 10 years now, if that's correct. And Boardspan is an integrated platform designed to transform the way boards approach their governance responsibilities, strategies, and execution. So what led you to start this company and how has it evolved over time? Thanks, Liz. You know, I want to just start off by saying I love being among the group of women who share this governance passion that you both have. And I couldn't think of a more important time to be leaning into this space with everything that's going on in the world. I started Boardspan with two observations that I stress tested by talking to a lot of people that had board experience. The first is somewhat foundational. And even 10 years ago, I could sense that being on a board was a hard job that was only going to get harder. I didn't realize just how right I would be, but it's gotten way harder when you think about the demands on boards now and how that's ramped up even in the last five years. The second observation was that IT was becoming pervasive in the lives of almost all executives from CRMs that were available to salespeople to marketing automation for CMOs, HR management systems, et cetera, et cetera. But no one was paying attention to the needs of boards. And it's what we call the ultimate lonely at the top. You might've heard me say that before. These are among the most influential and ultimately, you know, most accountable people. So they absolutely should have access to data, to analytics, and objective ways to glean some insights. So it was really the combination of those two observations that we realized there's a market void that we could address by starting Boardspan. As for how it's evolved, our mission really hasn't changed over the years, and our basic premise is the same, but we have created a lot of new tools, and we've tried to respond to these evolving market needs. And I'm really happy to say we've built a very humbling client following over the years. Well, those tools are so important, too, because of the information overload that is happening. So the boards can use those to sort through that and to be able to monitor and oversee things. And it's great that you figured out the high value problem to solve when you created Boardspan, because there definitely is a need for what you do. Thanks. So you advise both public and private boards on a variety of corporate governance matters. How do you keep your pulse on the ever-changing governance landscape? And what have you seen as the biggest pivots in the last couple of years, or even the last year, if you want to just go that far back? (laughs) That alone will fill a podcast. I'm glad you asked because we really do believe staying current with the market is critical and it's the only way to add value. The most important thing anyone can do, in my view, is be a constant learner. And while there are right ways and wrong ways to do things in governance, it's still very much an evolving art form in that the challenges we're seeing are often new and no one's written the rules yet on how to address them. 
there's often no regulations or code to consult. And rather, we pay attention to what's going on by reading a lot, taking the pulse of a lot of experienced people in the field. For example, when the board diversity rules were introduced in California a few years ago, we were discussing it with clients in terms of whether it applied to them, when and how they would respond. And that gave us an extra head start in helping clients address those challenges. ESG is another area. As those initiatives started to get more attention, we were sharing what we learned with our clients from SASB, from investors, and a lot of other technical experts. More recently, topics like AI and cybersecurity, we've brought in experts to do webinars and share their wisdom through our newsletter and blog. So these are all examples of some of the pivots we've seen and how we're trying to constantly stay in lockstep with what's going on in the market. And I think more information is coming out at a faster pace than it was previously. So you definitely need those blogs, those podcasts to keep current. Yes. And I think we also need to be a community and share the wisdom of each other to really kind of move the ball down the field and not just get sidelined. Absolutely. Or keep having the same conversations over and over again for problems that have already been mostly solved. So Abby, you are often in the room where it happens when it comes to board discourse and decision making. And without disclosing anything confidential, what can you tell us about the nature of the conversations that you have with boards and how those have changed over the years? Yeah, so thanks for letting me off the hook for not disclosing confidential. (laughs) I often talk about the memoirs I cannot write. But truth be told, this is one of the most rewarding aspects of my work. It's really gratifying to be part of these conversations and contribute to an organization's growth and development. And sometimes, honestly, it's pretty tactical matters, like reminding folks about airtime and balance in the boardroom, or the commitment to preparation and why it's so important, or even streamlining meetings. But other times, we can see that a board gets stuck on an issue, such as committee structure. You know, do we have the right issues at hand? Do we have the right talent applied to it? Do we have the right number of committees and the right leadership? And no one in the room wants to point out that it's not quite working or the workload is not proportionately spread. Or perhaps it's about the board's overall composition and finding some non-confrontational way to discuss the merits of refreshment when people don't always want to leave. So we can play a role in that also. But, you know, some of these best practice reminders, they don't actually change over time. What does change are the specific topics. And you kind of alluded to that earlier. For example, with ESG in the very early days, boards were talking about greenwashing and the risks of that. And then that evolved and boards turned their attention to green reporting. And then it further evolved. Most recently, the focus has been on green hushing. Mm -hmm. So it's really incumbent upon all of us to stay on top of these issues as they evolve. Of course, there's the big one that's out there these days, AI. Everybody's talking about it. As you both well know, four days ago, OpenAI's board summarily dismissed Sam Altman, and upended the entire company. Some people say the industry, although I think that remains to be seen. But there was very little public explanation so far as to what that was all about. Nonetheless, it's rocking the market. And from a media perspective, these things tend to fizzle and the media may move on to the next topic. Maybe that's okay from a sort of headline grabbing point of view. But what's going on behind the scenes in AI, that's more broadly what concerns me. And I believe that when it comes to how the technology is used, the rules for using it, the implications on society, honestly, governance is really in its infancy and it's a bit scary for all of us. 
Do you have any recommendations to our listeners on governance structures? I mean, should boards be setting up a separate committee to deal with this issue at this point? Or are there things that you have seen that appear to be effective in managing this new issue or overseeing this new issue? Yeah, there's a few things I would recommend on that topic. It's too early to say having an AI committee is appropriate, and it really is industry specific. But I think making AI a specific topic of a committee or the board as a whole. And remember that AI affects both your external world, your competition, your customers, just the environment as a whole, and your internal world of how we're using it safely or not so safely. So I really would encourage boards to lay out both the internal and external concerns that they might have and opportunities for that matter, and then to figure out where on the board that conversation is going to be fostered. And I think it's really incumbent upon all board members to get themselves educated. None of us are going to be the experts that Sam Altman and Greg Brockman and those folks are, but there's no reason we can't be at least fluent in the subject. And it's incumbent upon everybody to stay on top of it. Yeah, I was at a company over 10 years ago that had a technology committee, which at the time was you know, not very common. Now I think it's becoming more common and things like AI are slotting in under a technology committee type group. You did mention something else that was interesting in, the, in your response to the last question, which was, you know, sometimes it's really hard for people in the room to say things to the board. It's a different tone and to have an outside advisor come in, do an assessment when they're not in the day to day is often very helpful. And it can play into the culture of the board as well. And I know culture is a big focus for you at BoardSpan as well as for directors generally. What are you seeing as the theme surrounding culture at a board level and how are you advising clients? Yeah, you're right, Courtney. It is a really important issue. And it's another example of where one size does not fit all. In other words, the culture one board might not work well for another board, and it might be the same board member who moves from board A to board B one week to the next. So it's really important to be mindful of what is sort of fits in that organization's. What I do believe, though, is that the culture of the board should be really well aligned with the culture of the company. When they're inconsistent, you're almost guaranteed that something's amiss. So in our standard board assessment that you referred to, we ask clients to consider seven different aspects of culture, from open communications to respectful challenge, transparency, inclusion, trust, and a few other topics. We also strongly encourage our board clients to have their management team weigh in on a subset of those topics in their annual assessment. You know, these days, management teams are so integrated, especially at the committee level, to the work of the board. That's a symbiotic relationship in a very healthy, independent way. And so really helps the board to know where management's headset is in terms of that collaboration, that partnership. And culture is critical because that's where culture gets transferred quite often from the board to management throughout the whole organization. It's really a two-way street. Yeah, and having a framework like that, where you're at least articulating different pillars of culture, seems like such a huge step in the right direction for most companies, because what I often hear discussed is that culture is so important, but people kind of throw up their hands and say, we can't measure it, and it's too amorphous, and we don't really know, so we should just have a good culture. And then, like that means different things to different people, obviously. And so I really like that framework that you shared. Thanks, Liz. And I will tell you, you absolutely can measure this. And Courtney knows that because you can get objective data. Data can be qualitative and quantitative. Both are measurable. And 
you can absolutely benchmark. And I think to miss the opportunity to benchmark, there might be times where you don't always need to update yourself, but I have a real passion around benchmarking because finding out what's going on around you is a great way to say, hey, we're different and that's okay, or we're behind and we should do something about it, or we're leading the pack. And how do we constantly stay ahead? Because we want to be that kind of company that is out ahead. So you're 100% right. Measurement is critical. It is. And one of the things that I really enjoy seeing the score of with various boards and from year to year is sort of whether a board member feels comfortable with reasonable disagreement. If they think that that's welcome because you really need that as part of the culture of the board. And if you don't feel like you can disagree respectfully at all, then that is something to work on and something to flag for the board and the company. You know, that's exactly right. We will often talk to clients about building consensus, and that is not to be confused with capitulation, right? I mean, so having a healthy disagreement, this is why diverse boards are so important. And we all know diversity goes way beyond diversity of gender, which we're all passionate about, diversity of ethnicity, which we know is critical, but diversity of perspective. And maybe that's trite at this point. But it is so valuable and bringing all those different perspectives and respectfully challenging each other and using that discourse to find consensus. What is in the best interest? How do we take on these challenges? How do we pursue those opportunities? How do we take care of our team? You're going to get the best answers by pushing each other. Yeah, excellent point. Well, that's also a great segue to our last question, which we ask of all of our guests. And you mentioned board diversity. Gender is one component of that, and we never want to pigeonhole anybody, but this is the Women Governance Trailblazers podcast. So we do ask, what do you think, Abby, that women in the corporate governance field can add to the current conversation on the societal role of companies? Wait, how many hours do we have left, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Not enough. Well, I did know how important this question is to both of you. So I was thinking a little bit about the societal role of companies. And I guess that partly has to do with what deems to be the role. And I don't want to be too philosophical in this answer, but if you subscribe to wanting a better life for your kids or for those who come behind us, then our contributions are measured by the decisions we make for others. That's how I think about governance. It's all about making decisions for others. And women in this field have the opportunity to provide the guardrails to help everyone in the governance space think about their impact on others. And frankly, I think we have an obligation and the great fortune to make really good decisions to make this crazy, challenging, but yet optimistic world a better place. So maybe it's not going to be perfect, but I think we can make it a whole lot better in the decisions that we take. Inspiring. Thank you so much. It really is. And thank you so much, Abby, for joining us. I really, and I know Liz did too, enjoyed hearing you and your insights and watching you build up BoardSpan has been great. Thanks. It was really fun to speak with both of you. And I appreciate you having me and wish you and your families a very happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you. You too. Yeah. For those who are listening, we want to thank you as well. Please subscribe to Women Governance Trailblazers on whatever platform you use for podcasts. And we would love if you would rate us while you're there. In addition, if you know a Women Governance Trailblazer who you think would be a great guest on the show, feel free to ping Liz or me on either LinkedIn or by email. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone.